of all the tea. I guess that's what you guys call it. I spill the tea. I fucking guzzle the tea and I go and spit it all over the place because I'm telling the truth. And that's the tea. Tea is your truth. Tea is what is the tea? Like, what is your truth? What's going on with you? Here's the nice and confusing tea. Girl, what is the tea? What is it? What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Tea Time. Did you miss me? I am sorry for not having an episode last week. Um, I was in Vegas. And ironically, what I'm going to be talking about this week is all the highlights from Fight Night in Vegas this past weekend. Um, So before we get into all that, I did have plans of having a guest come on last week. But again, with Vegas, things just kind of got a little crazy and I decided to enjoy my life. Sue me. But we will be having that guest as well as many others coming in the upcoming weeks. So I'm super excited for that. But today you're going to just get all me all the time because I got lots to say about this fight night. And it's so funny because this is so not something I'm ever interested in. Um, but we're gonna, <laughs> we're going to get into it. So as you all know, This past Saturday was fight night at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas for UFC 264. The main event was obviously Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. Uh, That's French. I hope I'm saying that right. (laughs) Like, I mean, I have the phonetics here, but whatever. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about those highlights. But first, before we get into the, the main event. Let's first get into one of the earlier fights of the night because uh, it actually left me shook. And like I said, I'm not really into this sort of thing. I don't really keep up with uh, like UFC fighting. I don't know. It kind of freaks me out a little bit. I'm a little scared of it. And um, but don't worry, because we're going to talk a little bit more about the celeb sightings later on in the night. <laughs> then we'll talk a little bit about the celeb sighting later on, because that is obviously a little more up my alley now. Let's dive into this one fight, okay? Because there's like, you know, you got the preliminaries, you got all these little, you know, mini fights leading up to the main event. If there's certain lingo I should be using, really like, don't come at me. Again, this isn't my thing. I'm like newly into this as of Saturday. Like now I fully want to go see a fight at like Madison Square Garden or like do a weekend in um, Vegas to see a fight in the future. Like seriously, I'm very invested. Um, but in any case, I was at a friend's house who has just like a beautiful, uh, literal cinema in the basement. I mean, it was like quite the experience to watch this and, you know, just something about seeing this kind of fighting and that big of a screen in your face and HD is quite disturbing. I don't know how people, I don't know. I don't know how you can enjoy this for that many hours. Like, I mean, this shit started at like 6 PM and ended at like what? 1230. Who has time for that? I'm sorry. I can't. I'll tune in every now and again and 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 come back alive for the main event. But because I did take a nap right before that. But I mean, whatever. But one of the one of the fights I did catch that obviously everyone's talking about is with what I call the green haired zombie. Um, and that would be Chris Motino versus sugar Sean O'Malley. I can't deal with these nicknames and I just can't, but anyway, Sean was obviously favored to win, but this guy, Chris Motino is one tough MF. Okay. (laughs) To say the least, I actually couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, 
So this guy only had 11 days to prepare for the fight after O'Malley's initial opponent was injured during training. And this guy, Chris, okay, so his hair, I call him the green-haired zombie for, he had obviously green hair. Um, But this guy is a zombie because he just like, you know, the scene in Austin Powers when he's just like, why won't you die? That's how I felt watching him. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is just not going down. He got beat in the face a million times and he just keeps walking forward. Like this guy needed a bullet to the brain, whatever the thing is that takes out a zombie to not come out because he's just not going down. It was insane. So again, he only had 11 days to prepare. So keep that in mind. That's pretty wild in itself. Um, And he ate 230 significant strikes, like to the face, like 200, think about 230 punches. Like, excuse me, what, (laughs) how are you standing? I can't even fathom that number. So this guy, sugar, Sean O'Malley, I can't get over the sugar part. Um, I mean, I can't remember the percentage. It was 80 something percent of his strikes like connected. And it was just like really hard to watch. Obviously this, this guy's face was so bloody. Um, And it's just shocking because he, (laughs) not only did he make it past the first round, he made it to the third round with only 27 seconds left uh, before the referee Herb Dean stoppage, which O'Malley claims that the ref's call, quote, saved a couple of years on his life because I was about to put him out for good. Um, I don't I don't uh, doubt that. I don't doubt that. I think he was ready to just like kind of finish it up with the last 30 seconds. But respect to Chris Motino. Okay, definitely a fan favorite after that performance. And he just uh, like I actually couldn't. That's I feel like he triggered my interest in this because that was a crazy fight. I can't deal when like these guys are acting so tough and they're like circling each other and, you know, bam, bam, punching the air. And like, we're waiting for something to happen. Nah, this, this, these short, crazy looking guys came out swinging off the bat. And I was like, very invested. I don't know. There was a lot of action going on. And this guy, I mean, it was unbelievable. Everyone I know was putting bets on the fact that um, this guy, Sean O'Malley was going to get, you know, first round knockout. And it was unreal. I like could not believe this guy just was like trying to hang in there till the end and respect for that. I don't know how that's a tough guy. Um, but it was funny because at one point when I said the green haired zombie, I swear to God, I said that at the beginning, I'm not trying to like whatever, but like two minutes later or so, two, three minutes later, Joe Rogan calls him a green haired zombie. I'm like, oh my God. So do I need to be an announcer for this shit? Because I know what I'm talking about already. Look at it. Me and Joe Rogan, we have the same uh, commentary going on. So I thought that was kind of funny. But um, in any case, he took these punches and these kicks over and over and over, kept moving forward. And he didn't win the fight, obviously, right? But he did win over MMA fans across the world with his unbelievable toughness. And for that, he got a $75,000 bonus, which he says for him is uh, life-changing money. So respect to him. Um, he did say in an interview to TMZ sports quote, I feel great, man. I feel great. Pride is a little sore from losing man because a loss is still a loss. I don't care how great everybody says the fight is, man. I still lost and it still hurts. Uh, 
I'm sure it fucking hurts. That's the only thing. The face, it doesn't really bother me. I can take pain. I can take blunt force or I wouldn't do this. My God, that's for damn sure. He could definitely take a punch. Um, he then continued on to say, quote, the only thing I fear on this planet is God and Sean O'Malley isn't him. Sean O'Malley isn't him. It is what it is. He beat me. He beat me up a little bit. And hey, next time I'm going to I guess this is, he stuttered here. From my next fight, I'm going to improve. I'm going to fix all these little flaws and you're going to see a different person when I step in that cage. This guy is a fucking legend as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I have never seen someone get beat so badly, but like still not like go down. This man just wasn't, I don't know. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Um, so I think that 75K is well-deserved, and um, I, I honestly want to see him in the future. I would love to see that. But let's move on to what the big fight of the night was. Of course, the main event, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. So this marks their the third time that these two have fought against each other. Their first fight was back in 2014, so after the usual McGregor trash talking. Uh, they got in the cage uh, and McGregor won in under two minutes with the stoppage from referee Herb Dean. So there was that. McGregor got the first time they fought back in 2014. The second time they fought, um, it took place from Fight Island in Abu Dhabi this past January, where Poirier, Poirier, how the fuck do you say that name? I'm trying my best. <laughs> he got the second round stoppage to then even the score. So McGregor got a fight. Dustin, we're gonna call him Dustin. He got a fight, right? So then that brings us to this past Saturday where it's like, all right, who gets this one? Who's gonna break the tie? Who's gonna have a fight over the other one, right? It's the moment to prove who's really the better fighter here. So I'd love to give you a long detail of uh, how this fight went down, but there's really not much to cover because uh, it did end rather short. So <laughs> that drum roll, that long anticipated wait for this fight uh, all ended in one round. So Poirier defeated McGregor by TKO due to doctor stoppage in the main event after McGregor suffered a broken tibia and fibula right before the end of the opening frame. So referee Herb Dean waved the fight off at the end of round one. Doctors saw McGregor's leg was broken. He was taken out of the octagon on a stretcher. So while Poirier isn't necessarily happy with the way that the fight ended. He thinks that McGregor deserves the consequences considering his harsh threats in the lead up to the fight. Poirier said, quote, you never want to get a win that way, but what happened was a result of checking a kick. I'm more than sure of it. And he got what he had coming to him. Karma's a mirror. And I busted my ass for so long to put myself in this position. I doubled down on myself after beating him in January when they offered me a title shot. I doubled down on myself and it paid off. Ooh, okay. So let me just tell you what, that leg break, I didn't catch it in the moment. Like I saw McGregor go down and him like pointing at his leg and I'm just like, what happened? Like, what? but when they played that shit back <laughs> and in the slow-mo, that is exactly why I don't usually watch things like this. Okay. Instant nausea. I'm literally about to faint. I don't even watch friggin' Grey's Anatomy. I can't watch botch. I can't watch any of these things that have a little bit of blood here and there. So when I'm seeing a com 
complete like rubber leg. I'm out. I can't do it. I got to go home. I'm, let me take the queso with me. I'm out. Okay. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Um, and it's crazy because it really just looks like he just broke his own leg. Like he just goes down without something happening to it. But like we said before, Poirier says it was one of his kicks that he checked that caused McGregor to break his leg. McGregor says there was no check. The whole thing with these kicks is so brutal. I didn't realize once again, until Saturday when I'm watching all these fights and all these people, like, I'm just thinking punches when I think UFC, I didn't realize how, how common this whole kicking method is these like, and the snap sound that it makes when these guys, like that's gotta be a hard ass kick. So we're watching this and all these fights and I'm like, Oh my God, is this like so common? I just, I don't know. I didn't realize how much of a thing this whole kicking technique is. And my boyfriend used to be a wrestler and he says to me how like, Oh, you know, the reason why guys do that is because, you know, obviously it hurts your opponent's leg, but because of that, they don't have like the strength to stand on their legs and throw as hard as a punch. So it affects everything, um, which makes sense. But it also in return, like you're hurting your own leg in the process. And he says, it's possible like guys break their own legs by doing that. And lo and behold, look how the night ended McGregor getting taken out on a stretcher, breaking his own damn leg. <laughs> pretty damn crazy and and you know i i saw poirier also said it's kind of karma in the sense that mcgregor said that poirier was going to get taken out in a stretcher and look what actually happened so insane but is this going to be the final chapter in the trilogy between conor mcgregor and dustin poirier well according to mcgregor (laughs) possibly not okay possibly not so during his post-fight interview uh, the the Octagon interview with Joe Rogan, McGregor said, quote, this, oh my God, wait, 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 let me try my best Irish accent here. Oh my God, I'm so not going to do this. <laughs> he says, this is not over. That is so Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it's okay. You get it. He said, I'm pulling it up on my phone. God damn it. I can't do this. Apparently I thought I could do an Irish accent. You tell I don't have any Irish in me. I'm a mutt, but that's one thing I'm not. McGregor, Let's see. Let's play it. Let's play it back here. This is not over. Yeah, I could do that. This is, oh my God, whatever. We're stuck in Schwarzenegger. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Okay. This is not over. So it's not over. So he then goes on, you know, McGregor keeps going with the trash talk. I'll tell you what, the guy is an entertainer. He, he is definitely an entertainer. He says, you know, he's going off about how Poirier's wife is in his DMs all this trash talk. Um, so if I were him personally, if I'm McGregor, I'd probably just call it a day. I'd retire. He's already extremely rich. Um, he just, he and his business partners just sold the majority, uh, their majority stake in, uh, this Irish, their Irish whiskey to, uh, what is it called? Pro- Proximo spirits, whatever. They sold their Irish whiskey in a deal that's worth up to $600 million. Like, what are you doing, sir? Stop getting yourself hurt and breaking your leg like for what it's summer and now you have a broken leg that sucks um but you know this guy's got way too much pride for that so i'm sure there will be another fight in the future there will be part four of mcgregor versus poirier in the future um at some point poirier does think that the two will cross paths again whether it's inside or outside the octagon and then McGregor did go under a successful three hour surgery and is looking at a six week timeline for recovery. But for now, Poirier is uh, likely going to challenge UFC lightweight champ, Charles 
Oliveira next. So not, probably not fighting McGregor for a little while. Okay, you might hear a little in the background. I needed some air on my face. I'm sweating. All right, let's move on now to the celebrity sightings. Okay, because this is why I really want to go to a fight in the future, right? I mean, people like the green-haired zombie, but also because I'm trying to have a run-in with um, Justin Bieber. So let's talk a little bit about the stars at the event. So first, let's talk about Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker, right? Okay. They, um, they were there. They had a kiss cam moment. And in classic Courtney and Travis Barker style, very explicit PDA, tongue action, disgusting. I don't get it, but that's their style. So nasty. I'm really nauseating. Um, but wherever there's Travis Barker, there's also MGK. So Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly were also there. Um, and Megan Fox actually was recently on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and she said how she's such a big fan of mixed martial arts fighting. She said, quote, I have UFC fight, a UFC fight pass, and I know all the fighters and their backstories, and I've been into it for a few years. She says that MGK likes it, but, quote, I'm definitely the one that's more obsessed with it. Good for you, Megan. There's no shade. Well, clearly this is shade, but Courtney, I feel, even though she denies it, Courtney Kardashian has completely changed her style, which is fine. Like you're in love with Travis Barker, but please stop denying that you are like turning punk rock because of your boyfriend. Like that's who Megan Fox actually is, and I'm buying it. Courtney, these fucking diamond fangs that you have to match Travis, like what? You can't tell me that's always been a look. You can't tell me the skull action, the leather, the, all this. I don't know. I don't know. Let me mind my business. Um, okay. And then, like I just mentioned before, obviously, Justin Bieber was there with his wife, Haley. First of all, let me just start by saying this. I was literally in Vegas from um, July 5th, Monday, through Thursday, July 8th. So the day before I was there, the 4th of July, Miley Cyrus was in Vegas performing. And then Friday, July 9th, we had Justin Bieber performing at the win. Like, I really, if you were to tell me, like, pick two celebrities that you just are diehard fans of for the rest of your life, it's Miley and Justin for me. And so it's quite tragic that the timing of that ended up the way that it did, truly. Honestly, truly. Um, Miley was not at the event, but Justin Bieber, like I just said, was. Um, and he actually performed three shows in 24 hours while being in Las Vegas. So that's pretty wild. One of the performances being at a nightclub XS, making a surprise appearance during Diplo's set. And honestly, I just cannot deal. The second someone sent me that video, I was just like, please, like, I'm going to pass away. I can't, I, I, I've had so many instances where I should have met Justin Bieber in my life. Not saying if I stayed in Vegas next year, day or two, I would have met him, but you know, like even just with concert experiences, you know, meet and greets getting canceled shows, getting canceled. I have had the worst luck ever. And so it's no kidding that Justin decided to perform three times the second I left <laughs> Las Vegas. Not surprised at all. Um, yeah, it's quite tragic, quite tragic. And then Diplo is going to be at HQ pool in AC this Saturday when I have plans to be at, um, 
a horse race that's not even allowing tailgating. So again, if you just want to like, I don't know, I just have bad, <laughs> I just have bad luck in that department lately. I don't know, but it's fine. Um, but anyway, moving on. So Justin, of course, was there for the fight with his wife, Haley. Um, they were drinking Kendall Jenner's tequila 818, partying up with friends. They all posted on their IG stories. Looked like a great time. Wish I was on that party bus. Looked looked very fun. Um, and then there is this video. Okay, there's a viral video of Justin Bieber allegedly yelling at Haley, which has since been taken down from TikTok. So I did watch this. And I'm going to tell you what, it like kind of did look like he was getting in her face yelling, but it's just funny because she's just like looking straight forward, unbothered, which could be one of two things. One, he really wasn't yelling um, and he maybe have just been like hyped up, like singing or something. And she's just like, ah, here he goes again. Or he really was going off and she didn't want to bring attention to it as much as possible. So she's just looking forward and going. Turns out he was not yelling at her. Um, there's multiple eyewitnesses that were there trying to set the record straight on Twitter with one person tweeting, quote, he was not yelling and we were there to witness what went down. He was all adrenaline. Another saying, quote, my friends and I were with slash behind him the whole night. He was in the best mood and was telling her a story. But of course, Internet lames love their little scenarios. Um, yeah, I mean, we do. We do. We do love our little scenarios. So it looked like a fight. We're going to say it's a fight. Then a source told E! News that the couple had an amazing time on the strip with their friends. Justin gave an impromptu performance saying, quote, the group arrived together to Delilah after pre-gaming on a party bus that took them on the strip and then to the venue. They arrived around 11.30 p.m. and were escorted to their own private table. The club was packed. Many people were trying to approach their table. He looked really happy to be singing and was dancing and vibing with the crowd, smiling in a great mood, service bottles, A18, blah, 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 everything I was just saying. They had a great friggin' time. They were partying it up. No trouble in paradise. Let's not try to make a narrative out of nothing although i will say at first glance that video does seem like he's like getting in her face but i believe it if i'm like hyped up over music and i'm in vegas and we got the you know tequila running through our veins i'm gonna look like i'm screaming at you but really that's just like my talking voice i mean that's kind of why i don't know if you could tell i'm a little raspy like that's just you're you're screaming everything is freaking loud like <laughs> So it is what it is. Apparently there's no trouble in paradise there. Other stars that were um, seen at the event include uh, NBA star Kevin Durant. We saw a little Donnie Trump in the audience. <laughs> we saw Mel Gibson, Dave Chappelle, and many, many more. So uh, once again, clearly I need to get myself some tickets to the next event at the Garden because I'm trying to just run into you know, Megan Fox and Justin Bieber and whoever, I think that'd be so fun. Um, the fights are secondary, you know, it goes, let's see, order of importance for me. It's like, I want to run into celebs. That's number one. Number two is food and drink. Um, three is like the vibe, the moment being in Madison Square Garden again. Can't even remember last time I was there, maybe 2019 for Ariana Grande. I could probably confirm that. And then four comes the fighting part. Like, I'm not really, I'm not really looking at that. <laughs> we don't need that. Um, you just tell me who wins at the end. Anyway, last thing we have here to talk about with Fight Night is this Addison Ray drama. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Addison Ray was fired from the UFC. If you don't know, now you know. The TikTok star was hired and then immediately fired from her very short-lived role as a UFC correspondent after receiving backlash from journalists. So she posted photos of herself on the UFC red carpet July 9th. Okay, so that's the day before the fight. 
and she was claiming to be a reporter for the event. The caption said, quote, I'm going to just spit the facts first before I do my opinion. Okay, so let me just say, the caption said, quote, I studied broadcast journalism in college for three whole months to prepare for this moment, end quote. Okay, I'm going to let that marinate in your thoughts for a minute. All right, so now following this post, journalism veterans started accusing her of having privilege and how someone more qualified should have been given the opportunity. Um, and ultimately, she was fired from the role. So following that backlash, the next day, she quoted her original tweet and said, never mind, y'all got me fired. Again, let that sit there in your thoughts for a minute. And I will acknowledge that in a moment. The uh, last little fun fact I have here for you is that Addison did attend Louisiana State University for three months before dropping out to focus on her influencer career. <clears throat> all right, let's let's talk about this. So first of all, I'm gonna be the first to say it is most definitely annoying to see someone like Addison Ray, you know, just a, a TikTok star, which honestly congrats on her coin that she has collected from TikTok and all the little teeny boppers, Charlie D'Amelio, all those D'Amelios and whatever's hype houses and whatever house congrats that's honestly really fire that's like i'm very jealous of that um that's amazing uh, but it's annoying to see someone like that with land a job like this that she just really is not qualified for then there's also her landing the leading role in the she's all that remake uh, but particularly the work of a tv correspondent just seems to be like a handout to people with any level of fame okay so Think about like people that go on The Bachelor or like reality TV of some sort. Um, a lot of the times these women get, I mean, not just women, get a job in TV because of the quote fame that they have achieved. So like the fame that Addison has achieved through TikTok, it kind of, you know, it gave her this job. You can't tell me it's the three months she did at Louisiana State that got her this. So someone who obviously feels like a little... Um, more invested in this because it is what I studied in college. I will say it's obviously frustrating. It is annoying. I'm lying if I'm saying it's not. And, and you know, as someone who just like honestly has struggled in the industry, it's like, I feel very grateful that I, I work in entertainment because I know so many people who did study and have a bachelor's degree in journalism and media studies that just never got a job in the field because it's so damn competitive. So I feel the frustrations. Um, but I also recognize that that's the name of the game. Like that's showbiz, baby. The, you know, the these kind of events do that and they hire these kinds of people for publicity. They hire people without the proper credentials to have people tune into a familiar face. You know what I'm saying? So obviously this does offend a ton of professionals who put in a lot of work and would die for a job like this. Um, there's people who said, um, I guess in response to her tweet, quote, I got a 33 on my ACT and was a national merit semifinalist, spent thousands of dollars and hours of hard work to receive a bachelor's degree from the best journalism school in the country, was commencement speaker, and applied to 75 plus jobs to be unemployed. That's the reality. And someone else said, so what am I even in school for? BRB, finna start shaking my A on TikTok. I mean, yeah. I feel that. Um, so she did inevitably lose the job and then tweeted, never mind, y'all got me fired, like I just said, right? Let me break down that quote. She takes no accountability at all, right? She says, y'all got me fired. Like, you crybabies on the internet got me fired. Um, 
But here's the thing. As annoyed as I am that she had been hired for that, I don't think Addison would have been fired if she just shared the exact same photos Friday with a caption like, see you tomorrow, Las Vegas, or, uh, you know, just some anything, <laughs> anything other than what she put in regards to her excitement and proud moment um, in a way that just wasn't so goddamn tone deaf. Okay, to say, quote, I studied broadcast journalism in college for three whole months to prepare for this moment. You're blatantly being an asshole, right? Like you did three months, but you didn't even take one final. Get out of here with that. Get out of here. And like, you know, you're just like saying that sentence. You're just pissing people off by rubbing your privilege in. That is the real issue issue here, at least for me. Not the fact that she got the job. Again, that is fucking, ooh, excuse me. That is showbiz, baby. That is showbiz. Like, that's just how sh- this works. But I think the real thing that's really annoying that people, like, cannot get over is the way she handled it and the announcement. I just think it was so distasteful. You know, we can all get over the fact and realize life isn't fair. Addison got this job instead of me. But the way she said that was, I think, just so, I mean, look, she's 20 years old. I think she'll look back on this in a few years and realize that was really dumb to say. We all say dumb shit when we're 20. So, you know, I don't know. Clearly she doesn't seem too remorseful right now because she blames losing the job on the, you know, whiners of the internet. But I really believe this only blew up because of the stupid caption that she made. And that is on her. Um, So I hope she learns from this going forward. Clearly we can, we can be mad at that girl all day long. I mean, she, she's a millionaire (laughs) at the end of the day for doing subpar dances on TikTok that I'll never understand the hype for. Maybe I'm just showing my age by saying that. I don't know. I respect her hustle. I applaud her on her deal. She has deals with everyone. I mean, she has brands, uh, partnerships at Reebok, Hollister, American Eagle, L'Oreal. She'll be fine. She's going to bounce back from this. I don't think she's going to be quote unquote canceled and not find work again, but I imagine it'll be a little while before anyone offers her a red carpet opportunity. That's for goddamn sure. But that about wraps up our episode for this week, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, I'm definitely not the biggest UFC fighting fan, but I've converted a little bit after this past fight. I definitely have. I'm not going to lie. Next week, we will have another episode for you. Hopefully, I will be joined by a very special guest. Um, Not sure if it'll be next week or the one after with the person I have in mind. But definitely have a solid lineup awaiting for the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Until next time, guys, stay sipping that tea. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.